Hello and welcome. Sorry. Hey, I did it. I do the way I do Tristan. Now I'm doing it to you. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Unidentified Wargamer. Each week I interview a wargamer and identify them in the hobby. I've got the best bud around. I've got Bud Keller. How are you going? Oh, I'm doing pretty good there, Sam. You're doing a, a classic patap point there? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, just interrupting and saying, hey, bud, and then saying, no, I'm bud, and just getting every every joke that we use every week out of the way. So I, ha- I haven't got a drink. It's too early for me here. 7.30 is probably a little bit too early to start drinking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll agree with you there. I'm not at a tournament. If I was at a tournament, <laughs> it's not too early, but, but on a casual Saturday morning, it's very early. That yeah, that is very. I'm still drinking water. I'm like, I'm not even at my. <laughs> I'm not even at my. I was debating. It's like, oh, do I want a couple of ciders? Nah, I was just, just lazy. Just you're lazy. A, <laughs> you're a big cider man. Then is your your preferred drink of choice? Uh, I do like ciders. I just, I can't drink more than two or three beers at a time. It's like I just start feeling feel full and gross. Uh, gin and sevens, those I can, th- those, those are definitely like, I can drink those like beer. That's just... Is the seven part like a lemonade or? Oh, it's a seven? Uh, seven up, seven up. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Or, uh, or a whiskey in Canada dry is also, uh, really like Very that nice. one. Yeah. yeah. Yes. We, we do love our, um, uh, Canadian clubs. Oh, okay. Yeah, Canadian clubs. That's a, a big drink over here. It, their, their slogan for Australia is. Uh, over beer, have a Canadian club. <laughs> there we go. So it's very fitting. <laughs> yeah. That, is that that's a beer? Oh, oh no, 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 that's, that's the Canadian that's club the whiskey. whiskey. Right. Oh yeah. man, man. Because there used to be a club beer uh, way oh, back, okay. way back in the eighties. You used to find those bottles in the ditch all the time. Uh, there, there was a club beer. Sorry, I just blanked. Canadian <laughs> Canadian club is actually it's old age. I know it's distilled like two and a half hours from my house. Like I, dr- oh, wow. I drive past the story <laughs> once in a while. It's, yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> How's all your, your gaming, your hobby been going this week? Uh, not bad. Um, I'm getting ready for uh, GT. Actually, the first GT we've ever had in Manitoba. So our, fir- oh, cool. our first two-day tournament, that's like, I only have to drive an hour and a half. And it's uh, other people that have to fly in or drive long distances to get here. So... Uh, it's very different for me and uh, also very exciting and I don't, and I'm not organizing it either, which is, uh, that's, that's also a great thing. It's a big bonus that one. It is. Um, and so Dayton, Dayton and his family are driving out, um, Barl's flying out. There's a couple other guys that are flying out from Ontario and it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be pretty exciting. It's going to be very different. Like I'm curious how. Um, some of these guys who play regular tournaments are going to interact with, um, the guys from my area, which there aren't a lot that travel like anywhere for tournaments. So it's, it's going to be very interesting to see that whole dynamic and how that works. How big of a tournament is it looking like? Uh, I think there are 30 people signed up, which I think. So the sharks are flying in to, to take out all the prizes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so there's one or two guys. There's one guy who's like from our area who's been to LVO and done w- okay. done well at LVO. Um, so he 
I mean, he's running the tournament too, so he's going to try and pull a Dayton, <laughs> try, and, yeah. try and win his own tournament. Uh, I think that's why he's running the GT. It's like, oh, I get to win my own tournament. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like some, I think some of the guys will be surprised at like some of the high level players that are coming in. So it'll be, it, it'll be is that is that scene mostly competitive people, or is it a lot more casual people? It's it's hard to say. Like we only run our RTTs here, like we run little one dayers and like they're generally capped at 20 just because of the size of the venue. Um, and so the guys like making good lists and they definitely like um, watch Honest Wargamer and stuff like that just to like get ideas on what's good in a list. So they'll they'll try some like net lists and meta lists. Um, but I think there's still some of that skill cap that's like, because we're so insular and we're not, we're not playing people from outside our area generally. And I think there's a lot of things we can learn just by, by playing out, playing outside of what your little group is. Yeah. That makes sense. You, you don't get to see those minutiae and those little tricks Yeah, that they're all part of a list. You just get the overreaching basic info of how this list works and what this list can do, but you don't actually get to see or experience it on the table. Yeah. And you like, I think also when you play in it with a small group, you get to know each other and how they kind of play the game. Um, and so like if I'm playing someone and they could be playing a really good list, but I know exactly how they're going to play that list. There's, there's not, um, they're not they're not putting in some of the differences or some of the it's not a gotcha but it surprises like oh i didn't know that you were able to do it like that so yeah it's and then even the competitive play styles are a lot more different to a casual play style like i'm sure they're gonna have be having their minds blown when carl and dayton come in and start showing them how to actually play a tournament game <laughs> yeah um I think part of that too is just being really efficient with your time and like pushing to make sure you're getting, you're getting your games done and that you're not at the end of three or halfway through four and having to start talking through. Um, Cause that's not, it, it's, it's not fun. You want to, you want to play the full five rounds, but that also um, requires you to make decisions efficiently and like, be prepared for when a decision comes up that that you're ready for okay my decision is this and being able to move on and not not getting bogged down in some of those things early game like that's one of the things that i have to work on personally like i feel like i'm an efficient player but my games almost always go to time and it's like ooh, okay Gotta go. I gotta <laughs> learn how to improve on that. I haven't used the clock yeah. yet because I haven't bought one, but I'm that's one of the things I've definitely been thinking about. Just even playing casual games, it's like, let's use a clock. Let's, I want to see how where I can improve, like on the tabletop. It's a good metric just for yourself and knowing, well, this is where I'm spending the most amount of time, be it because I know I'm really bad because I like to chat while both of us are deploying. Mm-hmm. Well, there's an hour. And then you'll just one of the I speak to Chris Welfare quite often. We have about five hour games 
Um, and at tournaments, I think we're one, one, and one. We've got one win each, one loss, and one draw. But all our games have gone to turn three because we just chat the whole time. Yeah. And, and then we look up and we go, oh, we've got an hour left and we're only in turn two. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I know the pain. Do you find that's because you're more of a casual player or do you want to try and get into the more competitive spirit? Because I know on the podcast and people might some people might not know that you're from the Party at All Points podcast or might not have heard you speaking on there about previous experiences mm-hmm. of being more casual in nature. Are you more leaning now into competitive nature or where's your gaming experience taking you? Um, I've always... I can't take my competitive gaming too seriously because I don't put the time in in between tournaments to be able to do that. Um, if if I was serious about like I want to do a lot better at tournaments, then I would be then I would need to be, I would say for myself, even just playing like at least once a week, like just getting to know my army more. Um the, the one year um, I decided like, okay, I'm just, I'm going to play a good list. I'm going to play a good hard list and, and see what that does. And so like I played Zinch Archeon back when you could still use Destiny Dice with Archeon. Um, and it, it's like, it's a brutal hard list to play against. And, and I actually, I got to know that list pretty good where like I'm able is able to compete against like have close games that go right to right to the end against like really good players. Um, like I, I, I did a three and two at NashCon, which for me is really good. And the two players I lost to are like two top caliber players. Um, and that like that, I knew my list. I mean, I, from January right through to August, that was the list I was playing. I was playing regularly on TTS. Um, I, I knew I knew what it did. Like I, I could res- like most of the rules. I I never had to look up rules because I I knew them. The only time I ever had to look up a rules when someone said, "Are you sure it does that?" And I'm like, "Yep, <laughs> yes, yes, I'm pretty sure." Here you go. Uh, that's what it does. Um, do you enjoy a list like that? Um, it was fun. I um, I know there was some like, I feel bad for my opponent when bad things happen, like really bad things happen that there's nothing they can do. Like when Archeon puts two Maw Crushers and a sword in back-to-back <laughs> combat phases because I had four sixes in my destiny pool. It's like... I mean, it's a funny story, and it it was hilarious when it happened. But it still was like, I'm really sorry. This is, I'm gonna play the game now. Um, and, and he was waiting for it the whole time. He's like, "Well, there's four sixes there. I know it's a guaranteed thing. There's not that high tense moment of what am I gonna roll on these four dice? It's like, well, I just plonk these two sixes down. One dead more crusher. Yeah, and he's just waiting for it to happen. He well. Uh, th- it was his first game of that GHB. <laughs> um, it's funny, David Griffin, who's the the TO at Nashcon. It was his it was his, his brother in law. Is his brother in law? Okay. And he, I'd said like this. There's bad things that are going to happen. 
this is what I can do. But when David Griffin walked by the table, he looked at my destiny dice and he just burst out laughing because he knew because <laughs> he knew exactly what was going to happen. <laughs> um, um, there's even a game. Uh, I was playing Dayton on TTS, and this was before. I think it was even before I was on the podcast, um, and we'd gotten to know each other. And he was playing uh, an OBR list. And I was using Mazine Sharkion and I devolved uh, Arcan and I rolled a 12, pulling him 12 inches <laughs> tomorrow towards my lines. This was like he gave me top of top of like I was this was top of one. And I devolved him into my like 12 inches forward. And we both know what was going to happen because I had sixes in my destiny pool. And I like at that point, I didn't want to put Arcan in the sword because it's like he's a key he's a key piece in in OBR. Um it's like you put that put that model on the fucking sword, bud. You're not playing the game if you don't. <laughs> We're gonna quit right now if you don't. It's like okay, right, fine. We're gonna play the game. And it was just it just wasn't a fun game. <laughs> um, did you win though? Did you push Dayton into the dirt? I did. I did. And then he started playing just Marathi and the Bow Snakes all the time. And I just died and died. <laughs> I think there was one game. Taught you a lesson. Yeah. There was one game I'd, I'd gone out to his place in BC and I'm trying to remember which army he used. If he used Feck the first game. And I just kind of rolled over him. He's like, fine, fuck that. And he brought out Marathi again. (laughs) (laughs) It just kind of gave me the beats. I was like, all right. Yeah. Okay, Dayton. Yep. You're better than me. I'm not going to argue argue about that point. Um, It is fun. Like, and I love painting those models. You have three big models you get to paint because it was Lord of Change, Kairos and Archeon. And like from a hobby standpoint, like that's some of the work I've, I'm most proud of, like that, I, that I've done where I actually spent, put hours and hours painting models, which I haven't, I haven't always done that, but this was, especially with Archeon, like he's just, he's a centerpiece and I wanted to put my best work into that. Well, when you spend, most people will probably spend 30 plus hours on a thousand points but when you can put that 30 plus hours into one model, you can really hike up the quality of painting on it. Yeah. Let me say that Duncan uh, Warhammer, how to, how to paint Archeon Warhammer videos. That's a pretty good video. <laughs> I follow that thing. I'm not, I'm not too proud to admit that I need, I need tutorials like that to, uh, I'm not someone who can just pick us. I'm not like a Joe Pagano where I can, where I just see colors and it's like, okay, this is what I can do. And this is, and if I tried that, I'd be like, no, this is going to look horrible. But he tries it and it looks great. It, it's a real talent to picking color combinations and making sure everything looks cohesive. Yep. Whereas if you can remove half that work by following a video, well, then you've already got the painting techniques. You just need that more, I suppose, more artistic side of it all to get those color choices correct. Yeah. Yeah, like for um, all my gaming, I've been pretty much uh, what does it look like on the box kind of thing. Okay. I have not, I've never strayed too far from that. And I'm just just looking at models now and I'm just thinking, nope, yeah, that's, uh, 
I mean, I got crazy once. I put mushrooms on the uh, on Dobby. What's that guy called from Cruel Boys? Marsh Cruel. Yeah, Marsh yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah. I put mushrooms all over him. Oh, very Just nice. Bright colored ones, because yeah, he's gonna be in a in a <laughs> in a Gits army. He's got to have mushrooms somewhere, right? The best army around. Yeah, there we go. Are you much of a painter? Do you enjoy painting then as well? Off and on, I'll get I'll get really tired of it. Um, I'll get super frustrated, like if I'm not if it's not coming out and looking like I wanted it to or how I envisioned it. It's like oh, this is stupid. Um, so I get bogged down, and then like um, it's I mean nobody who's listening will be able to see this, but it's like <laughs> it's just disaster with like models that I've started and haven't finished. Uh, like just paints lying everywhere on the table here and it's a classic hobbyist yeah i guess so i mean and i just reorganized oh my camera i just reorganized this area and it's it didn't take long for me to like you know <laughs> just kind of go <laughs> destroy everything do you paint much outside of army painting have you done some busts or some display pieces or even like other hobby um miniatures a little bit uh, I've I've done some D like painting of little D and D miniatures, which is I actually find more frustrating painting those because they're just not as detailed as like the Games Workshop. Um, I've done quite a bit with Marvel Crisis. Um, part of that just because I really enjoy the game, and part of that just because it's it's part of what I do at my school club. Uh, I agree with you there. Yeah. it's a brilliant game. Oh, it is. Uh, and super easy, like feel the like the entry point is is super easy. Like you can with just we can get into that later. I'm not going to bury the lead or anything. Hours and hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, and I have a couple of 40k armies uh, that I've painted, and um, I've done. No, I haven't even really touched canvas at all. I've tried a little bit. Tried some pencil sketch. Um, like my mom, my mom's huge into art. Um, her whole house is just like, she's, she's one room where she painted a border on the hardwood floor all the way around it. And it's like detailed, like leaves, like, I don't know if it's Victorian era or whatever, but like just the amount of time she put into that, um, some of the oils that she's done, like just are phenomenal. So she's, from an art standpoint, like she's been kind of an inspiration for me, like just always wanting to try and push myself. Um, and then also like, I'm always sending her pictures of my models because she'll be the one that was like, Oh, that looks amazing. How do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what do you use? Like, uh, yeah, I think the most common thing is do, do you use like the end of a hair to do like, no, no, you know that. No, you're you're smart enough to know that, mom. You're just trying to make me feel good. Which you yeah, stop pandering to which, me. No, no, you can keep going. Keep going, mom. <laughs> oh, this is so great. I don't think I could ever do this. Okay, yeah, I keep saying that, mom. I know it's not true, but you're my mom, so I'll just keep keep going with that. <laughs> Sorry. The missus is just asking you for the dog pooed. <laughs> oh, yeah. I uh, I didn't know what she asked, but I was like, oh man, I was gonna keep talking here. <laughs> <laughs> she's trying to whisper and trying to not to to cut in but that's all right yeah 
I couldn't understand her. I, know. So <laughs> I think I got the gist of it. There we go. I know sometimes it's like um, we'll be recording and then all of a sudden I'll see somebody walk past behind me, like behind the shelf. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of my eyes are like, whoa. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've got kids still at home or they're all left? Um, One is completely left. One is sort of left. Like she's at university during the school years. She's living at home um, during the summer months now. She's been home for a couple of months, but she's also like she'll meet her boyfriends like three nights a week or something. So, I mean, she just turned 20. She turned 20 yesterday. So I'm officially no teenagers in the house anymore. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. We, I just found, I found out that he pooed inside. Oh, no. <laughs> what he was, it's what she was trying to oh. explain. I think the door was closed. Uh-oh. <laughs> that's not. That's why I have cats because they always yeah. poop inside. Well, but yeah, yeah, I was going to say they, they poop inside have, anyway, they have don't designated they? designated area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are your kids interested or your Tina interested in the hobby at all? Um, so back when I played fantasy, uh, way back and I started in fifth edition fantasy, um, and my son, my oldest, he was just a baby at that point. So right about the time he was like 10, then he got his first army and I think we got him. Yeah. He did vampire counts. That was his first army. Good pick. Yeah um and he really enjoyed it so we played we played fantasy like with each other um when he went to high school he went to he went to a private school and he was like he was gone a lot um especially during the week like he was always home on the weekends but he's gone a little bit more during the week and he's just got interested in other things and it wasn't even like girls and girlfriends and stuff it was just like he he didn't he, i guess he got a little tired of trying to keep up um he's like he's big into board games and stuff um and like he enjoyed it but i think like the change over to aos i know really bugged him uh just with the with the no points and the way the rules were it was just kind of frustrating and even when they first got points on what was it the first ghb where they gave points um yeah he was still kind of like uh then he started going to university and just like i he it was one of those things that he just didn't feel like it was a priority for him so yeah and there weren't really events in our area so that was just you, you and your son. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was pretty much, it was kind of like that. There were a couple other guys um, in my town that I'd found that were playing. Um, yeah. Like once AOS hit, they were all kind of like turned off from it. And then how, how did you get into tabletop wargaming then? Uh, it was actually, it was, uh, it was a sunny afternoon in 1998. And I was at my cousin's place, uh, my younger cousin, who's like six years younger than me, but I liked hanging out with him. And he had a couple of his friends over and they were just on his dining room table and they had like, I think they, <clears throat> they each had a unit each. One was playing uh, Skaven. One had, 
think lizard men. And then my cousin had goblins and they were just, they're playing three guys with all against each other. I was like, these models are really cool. <laughs> like, and I was, I was, I was leafing, just leafing through one of the, one of the battle tomes. It's like, this looks like really, really cool. Uh, and so I convinced um, my wife that, Hey, maybe I could start getting into this hobby because it's a little different, you know, it's like, I, we, we've both been fantasy nerds, like ever since we've known each other. Um, and so I, I was going to pick up high elves. I was going to, I was going to play high hey. elves. Yeah. And I went to the, I went to the store. Uh, we didn't have a GW store at that point. It was just a, like a hobby store and they didn't have the high elf book, but they had the wood elf one. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I mean, wood elves are cool too. And so I picked up the wood elf book and that was my, that was my first fantasy in army. And we would play like me and my cousins, we'd play in their basement on the floor. They had carpet on the floor. So it was nice. We we'd put masking tape down on what, and we would just guess. Like we didn't even do like an official four by six board. We would just be like, and we taped off some huge areas at times. And well, yeah, my one cousin playing orcs and goblins, and his brother was playing dwarves, which really drove him nuts. Because I don't know if you know, at fantasy at that point, orcs and goblins had all these rules that made them worse against dwarves. Or dwarves, dwarves had hatred against orcs and goblins, and it's just it was an uphill, <laughs> it was an uphill battle for my orcs and goblins cousin every time he played his brother, who's playing dwarves. But it was an older brother too, so you should get beaten on. Anyway, yes, you should. <laughs> yeah, and we didn't we didn't play tournaments or anything. Except for like once a year, there would be a tournament in Winnipeg, a one day air, and we'd go and play that. Oh, cool. Yeah. Your little four group being able to go to the tournaments and sort of see what the, that next level of player is doing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just, met some really cool people there too. Um, but it's just, you know, we didn't really, didn't really have internet. Like that wasn't, that wasn't a thing. Um, so it was really hard to connect and find out where tournaments were. If, if there were like Minneapolis is like seven hours away, which is like, uh, like I, I did that drive twice. Once I found out there was a tournament there. Um, but it's a big drive to go to it for a tournament. Yeah. 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 Especially our kids were like my son, uh, he didn't play in the first one. I think he was only 13 at that point. 13 or 14. Um, but yeah, my daughter was seven. We drove, we drove down. Like I think, I think we did four hours on the Friday night and then uh, we stayed, we stayed in a hotel and then we drove the three hours the next morning to the hotel and made it, made it in time for the tournament and they got settled in and I went and played. And <laughs> a little family, family vacation for dad to go play some Warhammer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And a funny story, like the second year we played, my son played as well. And he was not ready for some of the, the the lists that were there. And he was playing ogres and it didn't match up very well against a lot. But Joe Cryer's buddy, because I, I saw Joe Cryer uh, in January and we were talking in February. We were talking about this. It's like, do you remember 
he's like, wait, your son was playing ogres? I'm like, yeah. It's like, my buddy had the filthiest high elf list, but somehow managed to lose his first two games and then played this kid and totally destroyed him in round three. Was that your son? <laughs> and, and I'm like, and I text, I text him. I was like, "Hey, do you remember playing against uh, three Frostar Phoenixes with your ogres?" He's like, "Yeah, I got my ass handed to me." It's like, it's like <laughs> That's crazy. There's that connection. Ten years later, uh, it was yeah, it was very funny. But that was a roundabout. <laughs> that was a roundabout way of saying yes. He played at one point, and now he doesn't anymore. Fair enough. Because I was handed to him, and that was enough. Yeah. Yep. Thanks, the Minneapolis gaming scene, for killing my son's joy. <laughs> Did you continue playing on then? So you've been playing for the last 15 years or so, 20 years? Um, it was really on and off. Um, and it was mostly off for a couple of years, too. It's like I couldn't, I couldn't really afford models at that point. And, and part of it was I was going to university and my wife wasn't working and we had two kids. So we were basically living off of student loans and government grants through student loans, that kind of thing. So that and makes it makes it hard to be a part of the hobby. And there weren't like events that were really happening close by. Um, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. But like a couple of things happened and I, it's, I forget which order it was, but one of them was um, there was a guy in the community who knew that I played Warhammer um, and he, he asked me to like start up a club or be a part of the youth drop in. Like they would do like gaming day every like one Saturday a month. And he was like, hey, why don't like run some Warhammer stuff in here? Can be 40K, can be AOS, whatever. Like just, just like have that, have that option open. It's like, okay. Um, so that was one thing. The second thing was um, when I was, I was teaching grade seven at that point, And there was one kid for sure in that class whose dad had been collecting like minis for years like i went into his basement once and it, it was like a vintage games workshop store that's cool yeah and he's a super like really good painter too and i knew that uh i knew that the the kid 12 years old at that time that he was like he's interested in painting miniatures so i started a thing at school where there was like three or four kids it's like hey do you guys just want to paint miniatures during lunch hour and they were like yeah so it was this was like Whenever that uh, Stormcast corn box, that was, was that the first? It would have been the start. Yeah, the very start. Yeah. So. Because second edition was Nighthorn and Stormcast. Yeah. That would have been, yeah, first edition. So, yeah, it was before, it was before second edition. Um, so we did that. And then um, through Facebook, I actually, I found a tournament in Winnipeg. It's like, what? And so I got, I didn't know anybody there. Um, I think there was one or two people that I recognized names from back when I played fantasy. And I went to the tournament in Winnipeg and 
really enjoyed it. Um, but the thing was at the end, this one guy is like came up to me and he just like was chatting with me and stuff and really friendly guy. And he's like, Hey, are you in our Winnipeg like Facebook group chat? I'm like, no, it's like, okay, we're, we're getting you in there. Um, and it was just that, like, I would never have reached out like that or anything. I'm just, I'm way too shy. And, but he, he reached out and got me in that group. And then I started playing which got me more excited about the hobby, which helped me get more excited about trying to do like school stuff, like doing stuff with kids around here and getting other people involved. Oh, um, that's cool. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was a big step. Like that was huge. And that's also when I found, that's how I uh, found out about the honest war gamer. So, and this was like a couple of months after he start, like after he had switched, started the honest war gamer. So it was very early on, uh, in, in Rob's post GW career and all those things kind of like came together and really like, I don't know, it was like, it was a big change. Um, like I think, what would I, what would I be doing, like, for interacting with people if I wasn't doing that? And it's just like, uh, it it was it was all very significant for me. Yeah, I bet. Well, especially since you're able to get involved with the community, getting involved with the community sort of helps cement you to play more consistently. So you're meeting new people or meeting the same people again and forming more connections with them. Yeah. Yeah, and I think almost for me, like, I enjoy playing, but I enjoy hanging out with the people more. Like, that's 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 the part I love. The game is the side thing, whereas the main thing is hanging out with everyone and catching up and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and getting, like, getting to know Rob was, that was kind of like phase, I don't know if I looked at, getting involved in the hobby and just the changes that have happened, like getting to know Rob was phase three. Uh, Cause he, he'd got, he got me voicing like uh, stuff. I was about to ask about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, I'd met Rob in Ottawa. Uh, he'd come out to capital, capital city bloodbath. And I met Rob there. He was really cool. He was super nice. And I was like, is that where he nearly died? Yeah. Yeah. That was, <laughs> That was crazy because the day after the tournament, well, my wife and I went to a spa and my phone was off all day. And we get back to the bed and breakfast, not Airbnb. It was an actual bed and breakfast. Um, and I looked at my phone. And I was like, what the fuck? It's like, come on, Rob. I just met you. <laughs> Are you going to try and die? Um, but yeah, like... Um, after that, we would text and stuff like, I, I mean, I would message him and then he wouldn't message me back. And then I would message him maybe two more That's times familiar. and then he'd send a message back and I uh, was pretty cool. But uh, Joe, Joe came to, he went to CanCon. He came to Australia for Cam, CanCon yep. and he was playing Randy. Yes. Um, it was a belt, is the belt match. There was, I don't know. If it was the original belt, I think, match. I think it was the first one. Yeah, yeah, that was my first CanCon as well. Okay, <laughs> so I wrote, I wrote like a radio style promo for it, and and I put it on, 
I just put it on the web and then Rob was like, this is amazing. Um, I was pretty proud of it. It turned out really well. Um, <laughs> but so anyway, it was after that he started like, Hey, do you want to voice this stuff for a T sports network? I would love that. And so I did a bunch of voicing from for a while. And then that's how I got to know the guys in North America. Like that's how I got to know Joe and Jacob and like those, those guys have been kind of life changing for me as far as like just feeling better about myself and you know, mental health and those kind of things. Hence the t-shirt. Hence the t-shirt. Yeah. And I got my party at the all points hat on. It's hard, hard to see it, but. He's got a tough crowd t-shirt on for those that can't see him. Yeah. I mean, it's just me, but. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I have never worn a flat brim hat until I got this party at the all points one. It suits you. Oh, thanks. It looks good. Yeah. I forget who, um, there's somebody LVO. I was wearing their flat brim hat. I think it was a tough crowd hat. It was Basil. That guy can pull off a flat brim. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I like this. And so I finally got one. You know, <laughs> If you turn it backwards, you can be one of those Call of Duty streamers. Oh, okay. Here we go. Oh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you can start yeah. doing your Twitch again and start playing some video That's games. right. That's right. <laughs> uh, this is a snapback, though. I feel like. It works. No, they were snapbacks as well. Oh, that's I see. I'm not a big fan. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of uh, wearing the snapbacks backwards. I feel like you need to have the fitted, the fitted one if you're gonna go go backwards. But I mean, I'm an old guy and I don't know any better. <laughs> I'm an old guy well, trying to pull off. You just increase your fit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'll do that at school, or I'll say like, uh, it's so uh, I don't know, like sus or something like that. Like the cool kids say, and they're like please don't ever say that again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which of course. Yes. Means- I remember being in school and when the teachers try and say the hip words, just like, Oh no, please stop. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then I just keep going. If, if, yep. if they cringe, that is cue to me to keep going. <laughs> That's living the dad life right there. Oh yeah. Uh, my kids always complain. It's like, we have a dad who's a teacher. We live the worst of both lives. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry, kids. Sorry. It's how, it's how I roll. It's how I, every once in a while, they genuinely laugh, though. It's like, Haha, I got you. Got you. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah. I love a good dad joke. My missus is all about the dad jokes. Like her day-to-day life is just dad jokes. <laughs> She's going to be a wonderful dad. <laughs> uh, I feel like you, some people are like, oh, it's the lowest form of comedy. And it's like, nah, I feel like you got to be pretty smart to be able to pull off a good it's, pun. You've got to be quick and snappy. Otherwise, they just fall flat. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about timing, mm. knowing your audience, knowing what's going to work. There's a lot. You got to be smart to be funny for the most yes. part. Yeah. If you're going to be funny where they're not laughing at you. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's you, true. you just want people to laugh at you. That's pretty easy. <laughs> you were saying earlier that you started doing painting classes, or not classes, but sort of um, s- sessions with the kids at school. How did you sort of evolve that into more of a, a hobby and like a gaming sort of sphere that you'd created at the school? Um, so part of it was... Um, GW had like a game club kit 
or school club kit that they it was this was four or five years ago. Um, so I signed up for that and you got some product and some paints. So like that was cool. So I basically put it out in for my grade. I think it was just for the grade sevens at that point and said, Hey, I'm running this club during lunch hour. We're going to do it twice a week. Um, you're invited. There's no like, first of all, there's no monetary commitment. Like I've been very, very adamant about that in school. There's no money needed to be a part of this. Just imagine charging kids to come paint some models. Yeah. <laughs> well, even like, I mean, cause, cause the, the paints and the brushes aren't cheap, right? No, they're not. And they're consumables as well. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I, I never want money to be a barrier to a child being a part of something in school. Like that's, and so, um, yeah, I think we started off like first couple of weeks, there was like 15 to 20 kids, which just made it chaos. And then eventually some of them were like, we like playing outside more than we like, uh, doing this. And like, that's cool. Um, so I think we were down to like 10 kids, um, and I had a couple, like I had a couple of those guys that knew how to play the game already. And I'd get like, I'd give people a choice to paint or play. I, I did a couple of noon hours where it's like, we just learned some of the basic rules, how to read a war scroll card, those kind of things. And it would be like, Oh, some people are going to paint. Um, a couple of guys would be like, Hey, we're going to grab these bottles and these models and just play on the, table in the science lab we're going to set up this far apart there wasn't really like they weren't using terrain or anything not even full units like i'm going to use three um oh geez blood warriors and five marauders against whatever um and so that was a couple years and then we had covid and we weren't doing anything during the lunch hour um, but I got introduced to Marvel Crisis uh, by some friends in Winnipeg and it's like, okay, I wasn't there. told me like, you don't need to get models. We have pretty much every model in the range. Like you can just, it's like, cool. But eventually it was like, nah, I do want to get into this game and I want my own models. <laughs> um, but I had brought it. We had an afternoon where it was like, there wasn't a lot organized for the kids at school that that were coming to school um like these were the kids of uh parents who were working in the hospital and those kind of things the crit- critical service workers um and so it's like okay i'll bring more marvel crisis stuff and like they really enjoyed it um but i also found it was like it was an easy entry into the game um, even if you're only playing with three models each, you felt like you were playing the full game. The game scales well to that. Yeah. I feel games workshop games as though they're, they're very interesting and unique. They're not an easy entry point. No. Uh, and the game doesn't scale very well with like half size units. Or if you've got four, four Glaive Wraith Stalkers and you need five because they only give you four. Yeah. Whereas Marvel has that name recognition of, oh, I just want Hulk or I want Iron Man. Yeah. And you can just play with those models. If they're the same threat value, you can just play with 
the three or two or even one model if you wanted to. Yep. Um, and even you can limit what's on like each card in Marvel Crisis and still like feel like you're playing a full game. Like we, um, for the most part, we don't use any of the leadership abilities on the card. And at the start, even when they're first learning, we won't even use the superpowers just like getting started into the game. Um, but yeah, kids have been very, like I found that they've been more consistent since we've been doing Marvel. Um, and I think like I'm at a place too, where I started like doing more consistent after school events. So generally during a lunch hour, we get like 35 minutes to play. And when we do after school, we'd get like just over an hour and it's, and you can, you can do more. Um, so like I'm, I've been doing that. I was doing that like once a week where we'd have, it, and so kids would get to do every other week. So I'd have one group that would do one week and one group that would do the next week. Um, and I think I did the go, I did a GoFundMe for two years in a row where I was just like, Hey guys, this is what I want to do with my club. Um, trying to get money from the school, like school budgets are always tight. And so it's tough. And I don't want to ask parents or kids for money. And so the gaming community has been really good with just putting out a lot of support to get it started. So like now I've got four mats, I've got lots of terrain, I've got a whole bunch of models that we can use. Um, Army painter even gave me a bunch of paints. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and so when the kids come and they see that, like there's, there's support for it. There's, they, they have the cool mats to roll dice on. I mean, who doesn't love rolling dice on those mats? That's (laughs) awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and just being able to get trained and stuff that's, you know, they get excited about that. And, uh, I think the big thing with it is it's an, it's a place for kids who don't get involved in sports or the arts to feel like they're part of the school community. Like I, that's been the most important thing that I've found out of all of this. From someone from the outside, it seems like a brilliant thing you've set up for the school kids. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's been very cool. Um, you know, even like just from right from, when I started just painting like those kids that I started painting with, like they're graduating this year. So there's, they're all, they're all 18 or turning 18. So they're not really kids anymore, but just to, to see the growth that they are, they've gone through as people from the time they started to now and being able to be a part of that, like seeing them from not just a school standpoint, but you know, like, one of the guys um, had messaged me and he came over and we played AOS last week, like just that kind of thing. And we're able to chat about not just AOS, but we chat about like what's going on in his life and those kind of things. Like that's, those are the special connections you're going to make in war gaming. And that, that's, yeah, that's kind of why I, I do this club. You know, it's not about, Hey, you're going to learn how to paint and you're going to learn how to play a good, Good solid mini game. Yeah, your measuring's gonna be tight. You're gonna play a clean <laughs> game. 
it's like snow. It's like oh, how- even on like random podcasts or videos, you always hear people sort of speak about, oh, this was my teacher at school and this is my favorite teacher because we done this, this and this or we hung out and done this. Yeah, You always hear about these special teachers and yeah. I'm sure p- plenty of kids will be saying that about you. Yeah, I try. I'm always like, you know, I like I'm feel like I'm hard on myself sometimes. Sometimes maybe I'm not hard enough, but it's like I've been teaching for 11 years now. I started late in life and it's like I'm still figuring out the balance between teaching curriculum and teaching life and just, you know, like just learning how to be a how to speak kind to people. That's, I don't know why that's so hard. <laughs> sometimes you'd be like, why did you do that? What, like, what are you thinking? It's one of my goals has been like to stop talking in questions. You know, that whole parent thing, the whole like, like, did you think that this was going to be a good idea when you did it? It's like, why don't you just say, this was not a very good idea. <laughs> The same response you'll get every time is, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why I did that. I yeah. just did that. Yeah. <laughs> your, your question's not going to help get I, any answer no. out of me. And that's true. And it's like, oh. um, no, this has been like, yeah, this last year has been a lot of, a lot of learning about that. I feel like just connecting the way to connect with students and even just, I don't know. I feel, I feel like I've always been good at talking with people on the tabletop and, and, you know, being understanding and not assuming the worst of people. And it took me a lot longer to figure out how to do that with kids. Cause you always, you're always thinking they're scheming and conniving and <laughs> that kind of thing. It's like, you're trying to do this, aren't you? No. <laughs> Well, I suppose as a child, their their learning process is pushing their boundaries and seeing how far they can push them. And then once they learn, that's as far as you can take them. That's what we take on to adulthood as our boundaries to push things, I suppose. And so if they're trying to do it while they've got Bud Keller trying to teach them. Yeah. They're, um... <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I feel like the, some of the things I try to teach uh, the kids who are, who are gaming in my clubs are the same things that like as, as adults on the tabletop, like, you know, you, you might play someone like you, you get a rule wrong. Right. And the, the, the fire back is you're cheating. You're trying to cheat. It's like, no, no. Do you know how many stupid rules we have to remember <laughs> and how many like different interactions? Like if you want me to sit and like, point out every single one exactly before I do it. Um, this game's going to take 20 hours. I'm sorry if I got one wrong. I mean, like <laughs> at my last RTT, I realized I was playing. Oh, this is so embarrassing. I was playing King. <laughs> I was playing King's gets wrong. I was re oh, How are you playing them wrong? I was re-rolling the moon instead of re-rolling oh, the cheater. loon shrine. I know. I know. <laughs> Uh, it's that whole like oh, I just couldn't be bothered to read the whole rule, and I <laughs> and I saw loon, 
And I was like, I lighted the bad moon. No, it's the loon shrine ability, not the light of the bad moon. I don't. It was. I'm gonna get right into <laughs> GT, but it's like just because someone gets a rule wrong doesn't mean they're cheating. I mean, obviously, if it's the same rule they're getting wrong over and over again, then there's there's maybe an issue there. But until you know, if you've corrected. Yeah, if you've corrected them on it and then they still keep doing it that way, well, then you know for sure. Yeah, the rest of the it's tournament. A, an occurrence, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, they, when they've done it once and they've been pulled up and then don't realize they were playing it wrong. Yeah. I mean, that's just the nature of the game. Like, I'm sure the person that's just accused you of that is probably playing rules wrong too. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No, but then, but then, yeah, you fire back at them. It's like you're cheating. No, I just got it wrong. Saying, okay, so why am I cheating? But you, you just got it wrong. Oh, it's just like chill out, guys. It's a game. We're here to have fun. Yeah, <laughs> like unless we're at Worlds, we're here to have fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've paid money, and unless you're like playing at the top tables, it should never be that serious. No, and like I've seen some top table play where it's where it it's like it's competitive game like everyone's being like very clean with the rules but it's not confrontational it's it's not like you look at uh noah and caleb at lvo like in the final like there wasn't there was like a i mean first of all you have to respect your opponent like that's but there was the respect between those two, um, the way they talked through it, and just like, because because at the end it was, I, I think they thought Caleb had won, but then it turned out there was something they counted the fungoid as two models instead of one, and yeah, because of his wounds value, yeah. Um, which is different now, <laughs> but we just needed to wait for new for the new edition or new GHP. Um, but like that was they were playing it tight, but they weren't playing it like confrontation as a confrontation, right? So I know some some guys on other podcasts have talked about the social contract that happens. Um, and I try to be like yeah, I want to play the game. I want to play a clean game. And, but I don't, this isn't about a confrontation of a me against you, uh, where it's bitter and hard, like bad feelings after it's about, Hey, we're here to spend three hours together and just enjoy ourselves rolling dice while playing a game. Mm. It's meant to be a collaborative experience. Yeah. It's hard to have a fun game. If your opponent isn't having fun or doesn't want to have fun. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> How have you found your recent tournaments you've been going to? Because I know you've sort of been on and off every few months. You'll go to a few tournaments and then have to have a few months off yeah. because of your location. How have you been going at your tournaments? Um, Like I haven't – what did I play? Uh, well, like since LVO, I think I've been at one RTT since LVO. Um, I think I won two games at that one. And you're you're on your squigs as well? Uh no, I've actually flipped over. No, so, no. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I've always been trog curious. And um after 
I think, no, it was after I got back. So I went on, I did my Warhammer wellness tour in February. And after I got back, I'm like, oh, you know, trogs really interest me. And I found one of the old battle boxes that had, it had like the dank hold and six rock guts in it. And then like 15 bounders. I found that box for a reasonable price. Plus I could get an extra 15% off. So I like, I got a really good deal on that. So I snapped that. How's after. that box still around? I, <laughs> like that would have been gone. I know. I know. That's what I was like. I was like, holy crap. And it was in Canada. So I only had to pay. I didn't have to pay shipping from the U S. Um, so it's like, there you go. Like as soon as you got those, that's a great start. Um, the Dankhold Trogoth has always been one of my favorite models, but he's always been horrible. Um, so just I picked that one up for my birthday, and now yeah, we're fully committed to Trogs. It's just we're trolling beautiful. it up. Yeah, gonna troll people. Um, I so I played trolls at RTT. I think I was one and two, if I remember correctly, but it was like. The two games I lost were really close. Um, I've changed the list up a little bit. So I'm running two dank holds in a unit instead of just one. And boy, that is addicting. That's like <laughs> a drug. <laughs> and I suppose it's it's the low model count as well. Going from squigs and grots to just trogs. Yeah. You've got a lot less models to move around. Yeah. Because I was running like the 36 squig herd and the 20 squig hoppers. And it's like, holy crap. That's a lot of dudes <laughs> to move around. And then they're all random movements. So I'm not even sure as I'm having the math all the time. It's like, no, trogs is so easy. Except for that yeah, D3 plus six damage on the, like, I don't know why I find that math so hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, that's rough, but no. Yeah. So I've kind of, I've dove into trogs and I'm just, I'm loving it. It's a good life. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good to hear then. Yeah. Because yeah, I've also been trog curious because I'm majority a horde player with my scaven, my soul blight and my gits. Yeah. I thought, oh, I want to try something a bit more elite. And I'm like, do I go back to my stone horns? And that's like five models or do I want something in the middle? I'm like, what can I play that's in the middle? And I'm like, I know, trogs. So I've been slowly working towards a trog force. Yeah. Get in there. Oh, it's. And I've got some of those. The rockets are, rock are so beautiful. Like those models are. are incredible. Yeah. They're, they're brilliant to be able to pick out all those scales. Even the, um, the fell waters aren't too bad either. Yeah. I thought I had three on squares somewhere and I've looked through three different places. Like one is at the youth drop-in cause we bought like a huge box of this guy's models who was getting out of the hobby. And I knew there were three in there. Um, but I think I sold them at some point, oh. <laughs> which is like, Oh, why? Because the deal is, is like, I can, the guy said I could pretty much do with those models, whatever I want. And so for the most part, like every once in a while, when I host a tournament, I'll sell off those, some of the models and I'll put the money back into like getting terrain for our local stuff or getting, buying another mat. Um, but sometimes it'll be like, Oh, here's 20 shooters that no one's ever going to use. Cause they're like the old sculpts from like fantasy 
and I'll I'll grab those and and make them part of my army. But it's like, yep, there's <laughs> fell water somewhere. I don't know. Maybe I sold them. <laughs> if I sold them to you, I want it back, please. You got a great deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got a, you got a, you got a very good deal. Yeah. You said early you had a, a Bud's Wellness Tour. Do you reckon you could go over just sort of what that was for people that aren't aware? Yeah. Um, so I started medical leave uh, in January. So I've been like I've been out of school since Jan- since like end of December till till now. Um, just like stress, uh, blood pressure, and those kind of things. Um, my wife was involved in a project where she's pretty much going to be gone most of January and February. It's like being at home, sitting in my basement, it's probably not the healthiest thing for me. And so I was like, well, I have friends out East. I could just drive and visit people. And my brother lives out East too. They could go visit him. Um, so it was like, Kind of threw out the idea. Um, and it was like, oh, maybe I could do a GoFundMe and people would help me pay for gas or something. And that felt really weird. Like I just, the GoFundMe, doing a GoFundMe like to buy product for the school, for helping the school club, like that, I, yeah, sure. Doing something like this where it's like very personal and again, it's just for me felt weird but like i talked to a couple people um and they were like well people are eventually going to make their own decision on whether they want to support it or not and whether they think it's a bad idea and so they said yeah do it so i did and i yeah i pretty much got my gas covered like i drove i drove seven thousand kilometers in the month of february Wow. <laughs> Make sure we do that in a year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just, I visited Warhammer people. Like I have friends, friends that I made through the hobby. I think, and everyone I'd met in person already. So it's like I drove to Minneapolis and I stayed with Joe Cryer. And then I drove to Indianapolis. I think it's called White Castle, actually. You want to get that right. Uh, I stayed with Nick True, and then I drove up into Canada, and I hung out with Ridge and Jordan, and I saw Carl one evening, um, and then like just that kind of stuff the whole way, um, and it was it was incredible, you know. Just um, I didn't want to be like a burden on people. And so it was very much like the, the first week and a half planned itself. Once people knew like these were my dates, the first week and a half was like, okay, you're staying here. You're staying here. You're staying here. Okay. It's like, wow. Um, it's, this is overwhelming. This is overwhelming. Um, and then being able to hang out with my brother and his wife and his kids, my little nephew. Well, they're not little nephews. They're like both teenagers, <laughs> but they're still little to me. Um, you know, um, or even just like went to Washington DC and just messaged a bunch of people there. It's, Hey, this is when I'm going to be out. Like, what can we do? And it's like, yeah, you can stay at my place for a night. And I played a game in the afternoon with the one guy. And then 
four or five other people came out and we hung out for the evening and we just like hit up a couple of bars and sat by the river and it cool. ate. Yeah. Like it was like a fun time. It was. Um, and even like when I went to Noah's place in, in Vermont, he was, he was doing a learn to play Warhammer day that happened to be the weekend I was at his place. And so, and so it was, it was me and Noah and Marcella uh, doing, doing learn to play and just playing with random people at this store uh, in New Hampshire. And it, it just, it was just incredible stuff like that. And uh, I'll never, I'll never be able to do something like that again in my life. Like, I just don't see how that would work. Um, like I miss, I miss my students incredibly like from school cause I had to leave at Christmas. Um, but so being able to do that's the balance, right? I wasn't able to be with my students, but I was able to hang out with my friends and I went to LVO, which uh, I don't know if I'd be able to big thing. Yeah. I don't know if I'd be able to manage that again as well, just because of, because of timing and the amount of time I'd have to take off uh, from school. And like, there's no cheap place to fly to from Winnipeg. You'd think being in the middle of the continent, it'd be a little easier, but (laughs) no, there's no, there's no cheap place to fly to. So that just having that all work together. The, if if you're able to do a Warhammer wellness tour, uh, <laughs> it's incredible. I feel like it's probably a more European slash North American thing. In Australia, you'd pretty much just go down one coast yeah. and then come back up that straight coast again. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no in the middle part. <laughs> there's, there's nobody like in the, in the desert somewhere and central. Surprisingly Aus- not. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was, it was fun looking at my Google Maps uh, afterwards and just seeing the hearts all over the northeastern U.S. of like all the places I stayed at. And it's like and it was like a, their hearts are there for a reason because that's the that's where my heart is. Those, those people are great. And you would have that big hive mind as well with tough crowds. So you've got all these points of interest where you, you might not have someone there, but they know someone there and they can sort of catch up or get someone to hang out and stuff like that. So it makes it a bit easier. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That whole tough crowd thing, that has just been a crazy phenomenon that I just like was not expecting at the start. Cause honestly, we had that Joe started the discord and it was kind of like, there was like eight of us or 10 and we would play some TTS, but honestly, we played more ARC than anything else. <laughs> That's how I got to know Dayton. It's like, uh, it wasn't through playing Warhammer. I knew I knew of him through Honest Wargamer, but I got to know him because we played ARC. We were playing like almost every night. Um, Classic dinosaur games. <laughs> yeah. I don't dinosaur. I hate Seraphon, but I love playing ARC because I get to shoot dinosaurs. It's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, like just the way it exploded. I mean, because they know, I mean, because they're going to tournaments and getting to know people, right? And so, and it's like, we try to, we want to hang out with people who are fun. We're not going to take themselves too seriously and who are just 
kind, right? Kind to people and, and accepting of people like Joe, Joe and I, and Jacob and I, like we're very different people, even like how we grew up. Um, just like it's, it's just, there's wide ends of the spectrum there. Um, but if you just accept people, right, we can, we can have grown up different and be different, but we can still get along and hang out and have a lot of fun and make stupid jokes and run the same bits over and over and over and over. And, you know, that's how a community is born, I guess. <laughs> and then you all have that mutual like point in the middle with being Warhammer or tabletop games. Yeah. As just that meeting point to get conversations started outside of being community itself. Yeah. 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 So we'll hang out and we'll paint. Like we'll talk, we'll talk about Warhammer, but we'll talk about other stuff too. Um, but yeah, it's being a part of tough crowds, a little intimidating because I'm not a good player and there's a lot of good players in tough crowd. Like a lot. I mean, what, half years went to Buddy Worlds as well. So yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's just like it can it can make you feel like wow, why why am I here? But it's not about it's not about the wins and losses. Like we we want to win games, right? Like I I want to win games when I'm playing. I don't go to a table like and say ah, I'm just gonna lose. Like, yeah, no, no one plays to lose. No. <laughs> We're playing. It's really just a competitive game. Yeah. because everyone's playing to win. It's the Herm Edwards. You play to win the game. Um, But it's like those guys. Like Noah at LVO ran a very similar list to what I ran most of last year. And I never won more than one game at a tournament. <laughs> and he went like, I don't know, was it eight? No. Or uh, he... And at the end, he just mashes his models all into a case and press. Oh, no. He's one of, one of those oh, people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when he played 100 games in three days or something, I might be exaggerating, but I probably would have done that too if I'd have played that many games. It's too many. Games. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, yeah, the, the tough crowd people, it's just, they're, they're my friends. Like, I, I don't hang out with anyone from high school. I don't hang out that much with anyone from work or anything like that. Like these guys that are part of tough crowd, they're, they're my friends. They're the people I hang out with. Um, and it's like, I want to go to tournaments. It's like, so <laughs> don't like the joys of being in Northern, Northern America. Oh, Northern middle. Like even if I was in Toronto or Calgary, at least there's lots of direct flights from there. Yeah. There's <laughs> lots of direct flights from there. It's like, no, I'm stuck in like Winnipeg. Sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'm just going to try and keep this positive. Try and keep this positive. Um, I got we'll going to a, sorry. Go, sorry. Well, I was going to say I got spoiled last year too. Cause I went to three GTs during the year. Like I went to Slambo in San Antonio. Uh, I was at Slaughter in Pennsylvania and then I was at Nashcon. Like that's that's a lot of flying. Three big tournaments as well. Yeah, I mean, Slambo was over 100 people, Slaughter was over 100 people. Yeah. And I wasn't so 
I wasn't in a great headspace last summer, um, which is probably explains why I'm on a medical leave now. But like, I didn't do well at Slambo or Nashcon, or not. I didn't do well at Slambo, but I didn't do. <laughs> I didn't enjoy Slaughter and Nashcon. I think as much as I could have, because I was so much in my own head. So like, even being with incredible people, um, getting to know. Uh, like getting to know new people and and hanging out and having fun. Like it was, it was still like I was in such a bad headspace that I, it was even coming out in my gaming. It's like, I just, I can't, and I'm not enjoying this the way I was like, even Slambo, like I enjoyed that or Nashcon the year before. So it's um like Wargaming, it's helped with my mental health, but it's also, it's a bit of a bellwether too, where it's like, okay, I'm doing really bad. <laughs> this is not good. If I can't enjoy this stuff, it's, I'm not doing very well at all. Well, it's good to hear that you've been on improving yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it's, it's leagues better. I don't know if that's a if you measure leagues in mental health in leagues, <laughs> but it's 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 Fortnite. How better. many leagues better is it? <laughs> How many leagues? Is that by a horse or it's an unladen <laughs> swallow? Um, yeah. No, it's I'm just happier. I laugh more, and I wasn't oh, I wasn't doing that as much last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that part of the um the is the podcast that you're on helped a bit? How, how did you get involved with that? Oh. Um, so I, I'd, I'd gotten to know Dayton a little bit and I think somebody had left the show and I, I think, and he was like, Hey, why don't you just come be on my bo- podcast? Try it out. I was like, okay. Like, I don't, I, I'm not one of these people that knows like all the little strategies and stuff and little things about about aos so you know come on you'll be fine so we do the first episode and he's talking about the slanesh battle tome (laughs) and i like i have no interest in slanesh i never i played against them once or twice i know almost nothing about them and like after he's like I had not not a lot of energy there but and stuff it's like yeah but i (laughs) like i had First of all, I didn't don't really like I know you a little bit, but I didn't know the other guy at all. I'd never talked to him before. I didn't I'd never listened to the show, so I didn't know like what kind of like format or how they banter with each other. And so it was just like I was just a fish out of water. <laughs> but Dayton's Dayton's so encouraging and just like, oh no, you'll be great, like that kind of thing. And like he just won't. He won't, he won't let go. He won't let, <laughs> he won't go. let you go anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in the end, I could have eventually said, no, I don't want to do this. But he's just really encouraging and happy. And it's like, so it was good. Um, we kept doing episodes and then somebody leave and Tristan came in and just feel like we kind of hit our groove now. And it's like there was a while there where I wasn't on very consistently either and part of that is just i wasn't doing well it's like but i found like 
sometimes I don't want to record. Like we'll, we'll have a podcast in the evening. It's like, oh, I don't want to record. And we record and I feel so much better afterwards. And we're just, I'm just like, you guys, this was a lot of fun. I love this. And yeah, but I feel like if Dayton, I mean, when Dayton was gone, me and Tristan couldn't talk once. Like it's like, <laughs> and it, don't worry, I've got a question about that later on. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but like Dayton's just kind of the driving force of Party Deal Points, um, even though it's technically my podcast now. Because <laughs> of because of it's a hostile takeover. Um, no, it wasn't even. So we were at Slaughter last summer, and Dayton's talking to this guy, and they're chatting and stuff. And I'm walking up, and the guy turns to me, and he goes like, "Oh, your bud. Oh, I love your podcast." <laughs> Dayton looks at me, he's like, "What the hell?" <laughs> Uh, so yeah that's how the joke of it's my podcast that's how yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of when i was speaking to rob everyone starts sort of talking to rob and they're all like looking behind him like where's nathan i want to speak to nathan <laughs> oh that guy's a beautiful human being i, lo- I love nathan so much he's great he likes to play the gloom spite gets the loon train another gets lover yes <laughs> what's not to love about gets like i don't know how you could never like him yeah like they've got everything yeah well even before they like like i played gets when they were bad um like before they got the jaws of morgue battalion in the white dwarf update and then we lost it again yeah and then we just and then they decided that we'd been through enough and they gave us everything we deserve as everyone says we deserve it though (laughs) we deserve we deserve two blocks of 36 quig herd where you can like where we're not bound by uh rally rules because we can just bring back on average 10 squigs a turn (laughs) which is 20 wounds you suckers (laughs) (laughs) it's almost like they knew yeah oh and at first I was like, are kids really that good? And then I started looking through. It's like, yeah, it's pretty good. And it was on like and the Warhammer Wellness Tour, that was the first time I really got to try out Gits. And it was like, holy crap. They are really good. I still lost half my games, but it was like I knew exactly what I did wrong too. Like, there's more forgiveness in them now which is what makes a, an army go from middle tier to great tier yeah is if you make a mistake it's not so punishing mm-hmm. and removing the um that lovely base of just a 3d6 roll or a 2d6 roll with no bonuses oh. it's just like oh i'm moving two inches yeah <laughs> yeah thank you for taking out yeah thank thank you so much games workshop <laughs> You've made them great again. I, I don't know if you needed to make squigs the squig her D6 plus five movement. Cause they are a base five inch movement before, which I thought was reasonable. I mean, I love the D6 plus five, don't get me wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> I won't say no. No, I, I do love my exciting dice rolls, and when they're impactful, but they're not like super impactful where if you roll the 12. It's amazing, but you roll the two, it means you're doing nothing. You're not even getting over your own screen. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, I have a mangler. I'm going to position him. It's like, oh, I rolled three. Yeah. Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, he's just going to stay here and get shot. So thanks. Thanks, guys. Is there any other armies you've been looking at or playing with outside of your Zench Archeon and your Gets? Um, well, I did Beast of Chaos last year. Um, I had a lot of Zangors um, because of another battle box. There was a games there was a battle box that GW did that had the Lord of Change, six Enlightened, and twenty Zangors and twenty Kyrak Acolytes. So that was my first foray into Zinch. Um, and at that point, there was still the change host. This was pre-nerf uh, change host. And so everyone... Was the battalion one? Yeah. Or was this... Yeah, the okay. battalion. And everyone, and everyone was playing demons. And I went and bought all the mortals. <laughs> the mortals with all the uh, the trim and the armor. Yeah. Oh my god! I, was, I must. I hate myself so much because I got rubric marines uh, for forty k, oh. and it's just like you do hate yourself, don't I, you? Well, that's why. I did. So I had all those. I had all those Zangors and Enlightened, so it made it really easy to build up a Beast of Chaos force really quick. Um, and there's not a lot of trim. You Beast Beast of Chaos are really good slap chop models, and so like just the best of gores and uh i have a sam gorgon as i, I named <laughs> i named it sam gorgon um but just like those they model slap chop so well and i had fun with that um i don't think i'm a fast enough player to play play it well well especially when you had like there was all the summoning and doing doing all the the new summoning roles like i haven't played new beast of chaos um, but yeah, at that point it was just, it was a fun change and I didn't have to get a lot of models to, to get into that army. Um, I did try cities of Sigmar. Um, my wife was going to play at the castle tournament last year when they were going to have it in July. Um, and then they moved it and we couldn't, we couldn't make it cause it was like October or something, but I was, but Joe was like, Oh, Tina's, Tina's going to come. Then she's got to play as well. <laughs> Um, it's like, okay. And so I made her like, I did like a 40 Phoenix guard, frost heart Phoenix and some dragons. Those are all things like she's very much into the old, old fantasy. And these were things like, oh, perfect. This could be fun. And it's a fairly, it was fairly easy. I think I threw Gotrek in there too. <laughs> um, so it's a fairly, it was fairly easy, straightforward. Like there weren't like 800 different synergies you had to learn. Mm-hmm. It's a forgiving army as well, because not many models are being killed or yeah. if you make a mistake, you've got the nice ward saves or the minuses to wound and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but so we, she didn't. Like we didn't end up going. Um, I tried the army once or twice. It's like this is so boring. I don't this I'm not enjoying this at all. Cause like the difference between Squig Hoppers and Boingra Bounders and Phoenix Guard, it's like I'm going to walk here and not die. And then <laughs> if you're in range, I'm going to hit you. It's like, no, no, no. We want to scream across the battlefield. <laughs> if we get on the old squig lure, if we can get that running charge off, we we're doing it. 
Like, I don't care if they're going to die. I'm going to do as many mortal wounds as I can on the charge and hopefully get some attacks in and then die. But I'm going to have fun doing it. And that is not that is not that Cities of Sigmar army. It's the opposite. It's the opposite. (laughs) I mean, even with Beasts of Chaos, it's like I got enlightened. They're gonna like launch, they're gonna yeet, as the cool kids say, they're gonna yeet into you, (laughs) and we're gonna be a blender, and we're not gonna take a punch very well, but we're gonna have fun doing some blendering. Yeah, you can't do that. That's ridiculous. You send one of those units off and they're dead. Yeah. (laughs) It's not coming back. Even the dragons, you send those two dragons forward, it's like, yeah, they're gonna die. Is that what you have looked for in an army as well? Is something fun to play with on the table in terms of high impact dice rolls? Wow. Now, now I have to think about who I am as a person. <laughs> uh, yeah. In other words, does, does Skaven interest you? I like big swings. Uh, Skaven does interest me. I've, I've looked at that army once or twice. Um, but again, it's like collecting a whole new army and painting it seems oppressive i like building i actually like building more than painting some people are like oh i hate building models it's like oh i love building too yeah it's this is the best during hockey playoffs i can just have a game on it's like because if i'm painting i feel like i have to put so much concentration into it building it's just like um my issue i run into is i now no longer have any models to build Oh, no. So it's for me to get part of that, I've got to buy more models and then I've got to spend more money. Yeah, <laughs> I do have, I have, I have lots of models to build. I still have fantasy skeletons on sprue. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> I, th- I think I have a box of the old zombies. I think it's in shrink wrap still. That was my son's. It's like, are you going to build that? I don't know. Can I get rid of it? No. <laughs> It's mine. He's <laughs> dumb. He's 25. Can I entice you in like four Doom Wheels? Oh. I spoke to um, Karen last week and we were, he was telling me about how you can just make Doom Wheel missiles. And because of their piling rule is made off of um, a move and not a normal move, they do lots of mortal oh wounds. And then they can pile in twice or three times depending on how many buffs you've got on them. Oh. And they're doom wheels. And they're so doom they go wheels. like 48 inches. I know. That's, that sounds like fun. Like, I love doing stupid stuff like that. Um, <laughs> this <is making> me, <laughs> they're blowing your mind. I, I, <laughs> Throw in some warp, lightning, warp, uh, warp yeah. lightning cannons um, and you're good to go. <laughs> and just, just have those things blow up on themselves too. Yeah. Like, I always think it's hilarious when I'm blowing up my own things. Like when the madcap, when you, I think it's changed now, but the madcap when it would be like you drink the drink the the or eat the mushrooms and then you could cast the second spell, but if you roll doubles on it, you take like D three mortals. I killed my I've killed my madcap so many times doing that <laughs> kind of thing. You need old laser eyes. Yeah, that guy. I saw somebody with the list. They they allied two of those guys in. I've had two in a bone splitters yeah. list and they just pop off. One had the four up ward as well. Yeah. And it just blew things off the table. Yeah. The amount of chickens I killed was wonderful. Oh, this guy was this guy was in he had him in a gits list. And I don't I don't think he won any games either. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> oh I think well, how many points are they? It's like a hundred and 
20? I think there were 120. I think there were 100. We went up to 120, I think. Okay. Uh, isn't that like 24 squigs? Yeah, that is true. <laughs> I mean, but they can light their laser eyes and they're lots of water wounds. I know. They got, they got <laughs> but they'll probably, they probably just killed themselves first go because they haven't got that four up ward save. Yeah, I, <laughs> I played one of those. I played one of those stupid things at LVO and he, yeah, he definitely lasered eyed a lot of stuff off the table. He's very upsetting. He's a beautiful person. His name was Calvin from Georgia War Gamers. He's be- beautiful, <laughs> beautiful person. He's wonderful to play against. But that that laser guy guy that didn't make the difference in the game either. I lost the game on turn one when I lost like forty six of my forty eight squigs that I had on the table. Squig herd. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, that that'll do it. Um, but yeah, just the laser eyed guy just felt like overkill. Like, why are you doing that? Because I can. It's like, I know why you're doing it, but why are you doing that? <laughs> to my models. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I, I'm going to pivot hard here. I think that's one of the things um, that I've learned how to do is like, if I'm losing really bad, I can still have fun and not feel bad about it. I think I'm the same as you where I feel like if it's a lost game, my mindset changes because I know it's already lost and I end up having more, not more fun at the back end, but I end up like making it a more fun experience on the back end because I know the, the stakes are already gone. So I might as well just have fun with it. Yeah. Like I'll still try to make good decisions and stuff. Like it's not like I'm just like, oh, I'm not even going to care anymore. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't think that's fun either. But um, like there's, I was playing a game in Nashville uh, at NashCon. Uh, he's a guy named Adam. And I'd, I'd met him the night before at Jacobs. Uh, he's, he's super sweet. And he's playing double Maw Crushers. And I didn't really... It was pigs. Yeah, and, and pigs. And I didn't really know exactly what they did. <laughs> and so I'd given him first turn. This is when I was playing Beast of Chaos. And he just... He came in and he wrecked a lot of stuff. Um. And I was like, this is an uphill battle. But in the next turn, I managed to kill one, one of his mock crushers. And I just looked at him and he was not expecting this all. And I looked at him and I said, take your fucking model off the table. And I, just, <laughs> and I, yelled, and I yelled it at him. And people were... <laughs> um, but he, he knew right away that I was just like, is all about yeah. the context. And it was just like... <laughs> Okay, what am I going to do? You charge into me, you killed a bunch of stuff. Like, yep, that's going to happen. Um, I don't want to be the person where I'm just sitting there and pouting because it's like, yeah, it happened, but let's just have fun. And, you know, it's just kind of common. It's like, why would you do that to my model? You know, we're, we're going to make this person. So what did that guy do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's yeah. like, I thought we were friends and now I'm not. I'm rethinking that. But you get that that joking, like digging uh, jokes, I suppose. Yeah, some way to sort of put it. Yeah, and it's like, and it's not like, and it's and it's like not sarcasm, right? It's not bitter sarcasm either, because that can come off. It can come off very quick as like just bitter sarcasm. I don't. I feel like I've like in some ways, like just like yeah, let's let's just enjoy it. 
Uh, let's just enjoy the game together. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and beat your ass. But if <laughs> if if you if you in a fun way, <laughs> yeah, in a fun way, in mutually loving relationship. Um, <laughs> but if you destroy me and tail me by the end of turn three, it's that's fine too, and I'm not gonna be butt hurt by it because we design. I mean, some people are like, oh, I'm really sorry. I got like this hard as nail Seraphon list. I'm going to play against you. It's like, that's why we're here. Like we came to a tournament. It's a tournament. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a tur- it's, a tour- it's a tournament. We're not, we didn't come here to make the worst list possible <laughs> and then see who could stumble into victory. It's like, if, you're, if your army can do really stupid stuff, then do it. Like that's, that's not your fault. That's a game designer's fault. I'm going to tell you the, through the whole game. It's like, well, your stupid rules. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you're playing. Don't worry. I've got one of my mates. He plays Mar- um, Scott White plays Marathi in the Bow Snakes all the time. And I just complain about Marathi every single game. Like it's not him. It's the game rules. I just, her rules as a model <laughs> is the most frustrating thing. Yep. Yeah, that's it's like, all right, so I did five wounds, but I know you can only take three. Yeah, I do the, I do the Nighthawn players, too. It's like I will always tell them what the rend is, even though they <laughs> even though they ignore rend. It's like this will be at minus two. I know you're Nighthawn and you ignore it, but the rend is minus two. <laughs> Has Bud ever been tilted at a game then? Not tilted. I'm. It takes a lot to get me like angry and yelling at someone that I don't know. Um, and it even takes a lot for me. Like my kid, my kids always say I'm scarier when I like when, the disappointed I, father. No, not the angry father. no. When I start getting quiet and talking very like. I don't know. I have the I have this tone, and I it happens with my <laughs> students too, where it's be like I'm leaning forward on the podium. And it's like, you know, guys, we tried this out. I thought that we would be able to handle this kind of thing, but apparently, like I'll go it like, <laughs> and so, um, like I've been upset with opponents, but not like anything where where someone's made me really angry where I've like afterwards, I've just been like, I can't, can't believe it. Right. I've never, I've never had that really bad experience that maybe other people have had. Um, I'm very, I'm very happy about that. I'm glad. Um, Cause I don't, I don't know what I would do in that situation. Um, I feel like in some ways I probably would just like be very quiet and just it would bother me after, but I would just let it run its course. Like I really respect some of the people that will like, if someone's at the table and they're like, uh, like they're racist or misogynist or a bigot. Like I know like I have friends, there's guys in tough crowd that will, they'll call out that person right away. It's like, you can't do that. And like for myself, I wish I was more brave in that way uh, to be able to do that. Um, but I haven't, I mean, and fortunately I haven't run into that situation yet either, but I feel like that would be the one that would 
that would get me the most angry at the table. So that's fair. Yeah. It's very valid. Yeah. I mean, nobody's, nobody's knocked my models off the table and stepped on them. So I'm You're winning there. Yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> usually it's just like someone's played slow or just the way that they didn't explain a rule properly. Or maybe I felt like, oh, like you didn't really feel like this was kind of a gotcha moment, but those won't. Those are feel bads. They're not like trigger. They're not triggering events. Now, if we were playing hockey, I was a hothead. Like then I was. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where you got all your aggression out of was playing the hockey and now oh, you, yeah. you calmed the table. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this, I didn't like myself and then. I didn't like the way I was. So it's like I've taken, I used to be very competitive. Like in sports, I was super competitive as a kid. And just like either in the penalty box all the time or just like yelling. And now it's like I matured. It's like, I don't want to put myself in those situations. So maybe that's part of why I'm not super competitive in wargaming or try to, I, why I don't try to be super competitive is because I don't we want to keep that bud hidden away. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's very fair. Just climb over the table uh, and start wrangling uh, someone uh, up. <laughs> yeah. You did what? <laughs> yeah. Just grab a guy and haul him down. What is Bud doing? <laughs> He's let out his inner hockey ice player. Yeah. Ice who, hockey player. Who is that? <laughs> who is that? Well, I put out a um a tweet earlier on asking for a bunch of questions. Oh, yeah, Tristan wrote uh, like so we, 100. Yeah, so yes, yeah, so we always know Tristan loves questions. Uh so we'll leave a few of his at the end. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, so, but I've got one, a, a comment from him at least, like a fetch quest, because damn, he's fetching, because I misspelled question and put quest. I thought I was, I thought you were just being cool and like shortening <laughs> question with quest. <laughs> okay, so you, you didn't even have to admit that, and I would have thought, no. oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, half of them are pointing out my mistake because you've got Kniggit as well asking oh, yeah. to, for me to give you the quest to um. Collect all the bottles, which is a very gits thing to do. Oh, I love bottles. That's funny because in our bedroom on the wardrobe, uh, my wife has just put all these different green bottles. So pretty sure she's a Gobapalooza. <laughs> what Gobapalooza character is she then? Oh, exactly. Uh, she'd be Scaremonger. <laughs> 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 Don't let her hear that. <laughs> she just like that. <laughs> Scares me into doing things. <laughs> uh, we've, we've got a question here from Ridge. Yeah. Who is the second nicest person in Warhammer? I think he's referring to you as the nicest I, uh, person in yeah, Warhammer. Yeah, he is. Um, <laughs> I would, I would, have, I would have to say, uh, I would be Jacob Berry. Uh, we had a we had a bit of a we had a bit going. We've got like eight hundred bits going, um, but the one of them was that we were very competitive with each other about winning best sports. <laughs> um, and that started at NashCon, where he was playing Marathi and the Bow Snakes with Gotrek, and I was playing Zinch Archeon, and we actually tied for best sports vote. 
<laughs> uh, he, he ended up winning because he had better better battle points uh, than I did. But that was then our rivalry started, and I think he won best. I won best sports at Slambo, and he won it at Slaughter. And but just like to be competitive with each other. Yeah, I'm going to win best sports. <laughs> no, I'm going to win. I'm totally better at best sports. The competitive than you. best sports. <laughs> They need to have a best sports tournament. Yeah, that's right. Oh, man, that would be just <laughs> nauseous. Yeah, be, if you weren't like a person that's like a that sort of personality, I think you would hate it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Everyone's just vying for best sports. <laughs> <You're> tra- <laughs> I'm training. I'm training for best sports. Yeah, yeah. There's a few more parts to his question, which leads in nicely. Would you rather never watch another Chiefs game in your life or never be able to do a bit again? That one is really hard. So the Chiefs have won two Super Bowls the last four years. So, and I feel like, I mean, for Jacob and I, I feel like bits are the whole basis of our relationship. And we wouldn't have a relationship after that. I guess it would be never watch a Chiefs game again. Uh, didn't like Basil and Anthony and Nate, um, they would be nicer to me because they hate the Chiefs <laughs> because they win Super Bowls and the Bills can't win a playoff game. So, I mean, sorry, guys. <laughs> That's not so, your fault. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I didn't realize you were playing on the yeah, team. That was a Canadian sorry. That was a Canadian sorry. <laughs> Just sorry. Sorry we're so good, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I put out a private message to Dayton, so he's got a few remarks okay. and one question. I'll go with the question first. Okay. Uh, is What do you bring to the community and where do you want the community picture to, to look like? I think for the community, I try to bring, I try to bring a, an aura of, I mean, my AOE, my area of effect is is acceptance where I'm like, I, I want to be like where people feel comfortable around me, where it's not like they can have stuff going on and or like it's a hard one to explain. But my big thing is like when people when I see people left out like in school or at tournaments and stuff, it I feel like I feel hurt. Like I feel for those people because like I I know what that's like having gone to like big GTs and not known a person there or like being in school and not like no one's hanging out with me. I just feel very lonely. And so like, that's, I think that's where I want to be in the community where, where people feel when they interact with me, they feel like they're accepted for who they are and they don't have to try to be someone else. Um, I love where the AOS community is going with gaming. Like I feel, I feel like people are trying to be more accepting and inclusive and that it isn't just about the wins and losses for people, but it's, it's more like, Hey, I want to have a good time. Like, let's just enjoy our time together. Whereas like, I mean, and still wanting to play well and win. Like, I think, I think there's always like, we just want to play well and win, but not at the expense of like 
we can still have fun. We can still be friends. We can still have fun and still try to like run each other's armies into the ground. So I think like I, the, the Noah mentality of five new friends, yeah, got five and oh, yeah, you could get the five and oh if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I think I feel like with tough crowd as well, it's like, we want to be really good players. Like, and there are guys that like strive to be those five and O players, but they also strive to be good people at the table. And like, that's one of the things we talk about. Like if you're going to be a part of tough crowd, like don't be a dick. Like don't. Yeah. So that's, that's where I see. And I try to instill that in my students too. It's like, Hey guys, I mean, at 12 years old, you're going to get upset about a lot of things. Right. And just, you just don't have the executive function to deal with that. And part of that is learning like how to interact with an opponent in a positive way so that they're not feeling hurt about what's going on. And that, you know, if your opponent does something and something like amazing happens, celebrate with them. It's not like, it's not like, Oh, it's stupid. It's like, no, no, no. (laughs) Celebrate with them. This is a dice game guys. Like we can't, they're not doing anything. And yeah. So that's my roundabout way of saying that's where I want to see the community. That's what I try and build in the community. No, that's fair enough. Makes sense. There's a great question from uh, Yeah, it was very cerebral uh, for him. To it- <laughs> well, the second part to this question is, why the fuck didn't you record an episode without him? Oh, okay. I don't know. Because we need you. We need you, Dayton. We need our, we need our, you're, you're, you're our podcasting dad. Why didn't they we? need the meat? They need their meat between your two loaves of bread. That's right. Uh, I feel like I was like busy those Sundays too. <laughs> all, all of them. You could have recorded on a Wednesday. It's like, hey, Dayton, it's not that easy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Dayton. You're not my dad. <laughs> I feel like he is, though. A little bit. My, my younger <laughs> dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your little dad. Yeah. We've got a question here from Slanice. Uh, what's your favorite role to hit and least favorite role to miss? Favorite role to hit. Um, oh, man. I think I'm just thinking back to what I've been playing. I think my favorite. And I, I think I'm hoping this is I'm interpreting his question right. But with the Mangler Squakes. With the ginormous great giant mob, like the D6 damage one. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's my favorite one where if like if you go to town on that, like it's 18 damage. Oh it's I mean the whole the whole mangler getting in with a mangler and just like spiking on those rolls is just it's a drug. Like you get hit once with that. It's like, oh, I just want to get the Mangler in combat. It's it's turn two. Why is he not in combat yet? Like, just get him charged in. That's my favorite one. Um, the one that I hate missing the most now is definitely getting models back from the Loon Shrine, which is really funny because that's the rule I've been playing wrong and not re- <laughs> and not rerolling it. Um, but that's the worst. It's like I got 18 squig herd, like waiting to come back on the board. 
or even just like six rock guts, which are surprisingly resilient. It's like, I want them back on the table now. Why aren't they back on the table? Because I can't roll a four up. <laughs> I find after playing Skate, uh, sorry, Gits and Soul Blight, the four up is harder to hit than the five up for Soul Blight. Yeah. For whatever reason, hitting a four up is so hard. <laughs> oh, five up ward? I can hit those for days. Yeah. <laughs> but need to make a four up? It's like, this is the most terrifying thing in the world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he also wants to know when you're going to see him next. Oh, my God. Uh, the fact that I got to see Will for half an hour, and I honestly, like, I teared up when I left his place. It was, like, it was just so meaningful. Because I wasn't even, um, I wasn't sure if I was going to see him on my trip, on my wellness tour, but it worked out that it was just a little bit out of the way when I drove up to Noah's place. And he had, he, it, it was like minus five that day. So it was pretty nice for February. And he had a, like a fire outside and he had stuff cooking on a frying pan in the fire. And it was just, oh, it was, it was incredible. Um, I don't know. Maybe if he shows, I think I'm going to castle this year. So if he shows up at castle like he did last year, then that's when I will see Will again. And I can't wait. There you go, Will. I can't wait. Castle, castle it is. I can't wait. <laughs> We've got a few few more questions from Tristan. Uh, if he wanted to buy you a present, what should he get you? you? He actually had me for Secret Santa one year. It was great. He got me a bunch of. What did he get you? He got me a bunch <laughs> of a uh, bunch of models from the Silver Tower set. Oh, that's cool. So the Ogroid, he, he sent me the Ogroid, and he had like written uh, a Demon Prince starter kit because I. <laughs> that would be a pretty good model. I mean, he's good at like um, conversions. And he's stuff. the conversion king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. I am not like if I do a conversion on a model, it's kind of a big deal. Um, so, boy, what's a good gift for me? I don't know. Models, models, and terrain. He sent me some uh, good PEI, like straw. I think it was a strawberry rhubarb jam. That's a good gift to. Uh, Nicole sent me <laughs> but some, a jam lover oh I am Nicole sent me some uh, Saskatoon jam that she had made and it was amazing I think she's bringing some out when they drive out from BC it's, that stuff's good it's very good yeah well I think that's enough questions otherwise we'll be here all night all right if we keep going with all these questions I know I bugged Joe that I, he, I, <laughs> I bugged Joe that he had, his episode was like over an hour and a half and it's like oh I'm looking at the time now <laughs> <laughs> we're an hour 50 so we're good yeah <laughs> i've got two last questions okay. for you okay um what, what's coming up next for you in terms of are you going what tournaments you got planned armies planned or things like that uh i haven't i have a like our first ever gt in manitoba that is in a week and a half and so i gotta get my lists in on sunday and i gotta finish painting off a trog boss and finish up a couple of rockets um as far as armies for the summer i do want to get a hold of a gobapalooza at some point i don't have one um they're brilliant models to build and paint they are i've like the models i've been in love with the models since they came out uh i just haven't it hasn't worked out where i've like wanted to or 
It's because they're good now, isn't it? I mean, (laughs) oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's because I can paint them up and use them. It's the same thing with the Dankhold Trogoth. Um, I've always loved the model, but I couldn't justify, like, if I'm going to buy models, there's other models I want to get that's, uh, that I'm actually going to get use out of. Uh, and so I'm, you know, this summer I'm not, I've kind of committed to not spending a lot on models and stuff. And just cause I've like, I've got a lot of stuff and I'm like, for, the, <laughs> for those of you just listening, I'm pointing at all the stuff on my, everything around him. <laughs> yeah. Like I've kind of, I'm actually going to be doing, I'm going to try and sell off some of my 40 K and then buy some 40 K orcs. Uh, I've, I've like, a, a good friend in town here. Who's a big 40 K player. And like, we'd played once in a while and now with the new edition, I'm kind of interested in getting back into it. So, you know, it's because, because this, this whole mini thing is, uh, is about community and there's actually a few more 40 K events that happen around here. So that's easy driving distance and not flying distance. So it's like, it's probably going to be like getting my 40 K stuff back going. I have a dark angels army. I've probably have three or 4,000 points of dark angels. And I, I definitely have 2,500 points, a thousand suns that I'm never going to finish the trim on those rubrics. So I might as well sell them, <laughs> but I will keep the mutal of vortex beast. Cause that is the greatest model of all time. That's very cool. And then is there anything you want to leave the listeners with before we end the podcast off? Um, I don't know why people enjoy listening to me on party at the all points. Like <laughs> you're entertaining. I, all of you are entertaining. Um, I try, but honestly, it's like people will message me and it's like, Oh yeah. I like it. I love what you bring to the show and stuff. And it's like, sometimes I feel like I don't do anything. It's like, it's just been so weird. And when I, we hit 700 downloads on an episode, which for us was a big deal. It's like, I don't get it. I don't get it, but it's fun and I'm going to keep doing it. Um, but yeah, our community is great. Keep being awesome. Keep loving people and keep trying to smash your opponent in a mutually loving relationship. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for coming on, bud. It's been great speaking to you. I've had you in my ears for many hours, so it's good to actually sort of see you in people, yeah. not in person, but interactively. It's pretty close. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. close. Now, well, enjoy the rest of your night there. I know you've got a busy night later on to play some 40K. Yeah, we'll 10th see. Edition. See, some of, see some of the broken rules that Space Marines have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's always the Space Marines. Uh, always. Yeah, them and elves. Them and elves in Age of Sigmar. Don't know why. I mean, isn't it elves in 40k anyway? Like yeah, the Eldar always I, have broken rules. It's the Eldar that are actually that's that's what I've heard, but I guess I gotta experience it firsthand. Elves have always gotta be the superior race, which is why we hate them. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, this was awesome. Awesome, bud. It's a lot of fun. Thank you. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Thank you for listening to Unidentified Wargamer. You can find links for the guests located in the description below. You can find the show on Twitter at U underscore Wargamer and I will see you next week.